Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This week on episode 45 of the When to Jump podcast, we've got a very special conversation with Phyllis Hockman. This conversation is, is quite unique because you're actually going to just hear Phyllis speak. Uh, Phyllis is in her mid-80s. She uh, is a jumper through and through, and she uh, originated and led the first ever hiking program at Canyon Ranch in Arizona. I sat down with Phyllis the next morning after we had dinner the night before. We started a a recording, and it really was a one-sided endeavor because she just had a lot to say, and all of it was was worth hearing. So I'm excited to share that with you now, and I think you'll find it as as much fun and as really as worthwhile as I did. So huge shout-out to the Hockman family to make this all happen and enjoy my conversation with Phyllis. I grew up in New York City, and I had three degrees that led me to my career as a teacher in the New York City school system and then a guidance counselor for emotionally disturbed children. I was married with two teenage children when my husband, who had a successful painting contracting business, decided to use Mike's phrase to jump and leave his contracting business go back to law school, and become an attorney. At his graduation from Hofstra University, I stood in the audience with my two teenage children and thought to myself, my God, this man is serious. He's really going to give up what he's been doing for 20, 25 years and start fresh, which led me to think, what would I do if I were starting over again? And the first thing that occurred to me was that I would move out of New York City. So I asked Barry if he would be interested in taking the bar exam somewhere other than New York City. He was game and adventurous. We toured the Southwest. We went to Phoenix, Los Angeles, San Diego, Tucson. And while in Tucson, we rode up the Catalina Highway to a place called Windy Point, where you get a vista of the whole city. And at that point, we turned to each other and we said, this is where we're going to move to. We didn't know anybody in town. We didn't know anything about Tucson other than we liked it. And so we sold our house and came to Tucson. The part of the story that I haven't included up till now is that By this time, I was in my mid-40s and suffering rather seriously with spinal arthritis. I had been told by a prominent orthopedic specialist in New York City that I could easily expect to be in a wheelchair in, in about 10 years. 
uh, Barry more than I, Barry's my husband, my late husband, Barry more than I absolutely refused to accept that diagnosis. And so when we were on the peak of Windy Point in Tucson, Arizona, he turned to me and said, we'll move here, you will learn to hike, and you will strengthen your back. Sounded like fantasy to me, but I was ready to leave New York, so I said, okay, let's go. I joined the Southern Arizona Hiking Club, which is a volunteer organization, and hiked with the groups, and the specific hikes were listed in a bulletin. And those first few months, I always chose what they called the A hikes. They went from A to D. To my amazement, I was one of the youngest participants at the age of 46, because most of the people that came to these hikes were retired and had lots of time. And I was mesmerized by the sight of 80-year-olds and late 70s up till 90 beating me by considerable lengths on the trail. There was one little lady who had been born in Germany. Her name was Gertrude. She would invariably turn around to me at the end of the line and say, are you okay there, Phyllis? And I would keep trudging along. For the first oh, I don't know, a few months, maybe six months, a, a, a length of time, I would come home from those hikes and be so um, crippled and in pain that I would take to my bed and really, I would say I'd, I'd have to be in bed until the next morning. I knew that I was getting better when after a I, I, again, I don't know how many months it was. I knew I was getting better when one day after the Wednesday hike, I said to Barry, let's go out to eat tonight. He was just thrilled because I was able to get out of bed. And so my rehab continued. I also totally changed my diet. I had nothing but uh, fruits, vegetables, and nuts for eight months. And... What was missing from my regimen was a steam room. I knew that a steam room would be very, very beneficial for my body. I heard that a local gentleman was building a spa about three miles from where we lived. And I knew it had a steam room. And I thought to myself, I got to get into that place so that I can use the steam room. By this time, I had been in, Can in Tucson for about three years. I think it was just about three or three and a half years. So I tried to figure out what I could do to be an employee of that spa that would give me access to the steam room. Well, I was a teacher and a guidance counselor I couldn't be a switchboard operator. I had no desire. I was not about to become a waitress. I couldn't think of what I could be. 
And then it occurred to me that this spa was being built on the premise of fitness to build good health. And I thought to myself, hiking, they could use a hiking program, which they did not have included in their plans. And so I wrote a proposal, longhand, by the way. I wrote the proposal, and I opened the proposal with, would you visit Paris and not see the Eiffel Tower? Would you visit London and not see Buckingham Palace? Would you visit Tucson and not go on a hiking trail? And then underneath that, I included a description of two or three of the hikes that I had learned with the volunteer group in the three years that had just passed. I, present, I, I sent the proposal in, was called in by the owner, and said he liked the idea, and um, I would be the, what we then decided would be called the trail guide. And so I became, in 1979, one of the original founders of the Canyon Ranch program, uh, to be known as the foundress of the hiking program from that point on. When I started, there was no budget for the program that I had suggested. And since my real goal was to use the steam room, I said that I would gladly be a volunteer. To this day, the owner of Canyon Ranch and I disagree about how long I was a volunteer for, but we do both agree that I was a volunteer at the beginning. I was the guide, and the program caught on, and before long, the owners called me into their suite and said I really needed a tail guide because there were more and more people coming. They arranged for me to have a tail guide, and the program grew and grew and grew. By the time I left the active management of the program, there were 35 guides in the program, and I was the director of the hiking program of Ca at Canyon Ranch. And today, I'm pleased to call myself the Director Emeritus of the hiking program at Canyon Ranch, which has been written up in many, many places, always gets good reviews, and I still go to Canyon Ranch to swim, lift weights, do my fitness stuff. Invariably, I am approached by people that thank me for having started the hiking program back in 1979. To think that before we got started, you said, well, I don't know if I can fill the time, Phyllis. Okay. It's easy to look back when something's been invented or made, or a jump has been accomplished, and you have 35 guides. You have uh, how many, 40 years of, of doing that, 30-something years of doing that, and, and you think, of course, you needed a program for hiking at Canyon Ranch. And, of course, it started on something much more of an unknown. 
Well, it started from a personal need. The hike, thinking of the hiking program was created because I was only trying to figure out how to get into the steam room. I needed the steam room for my arthritis rehab. Yeah. And that's how the hiking program, we, we sat in my living room. We said, how are we going to get me in there? Do you think in retrospect that having that clear need, that's what, that's what catalyzed the jump, if you will? That It was, okay, I need, I need to solve this problem. What do I like to do? What are they missing? Yes, I do. Yeah. Definitely. Were there any lives that were changed or big shifts in someone's own personal journey that came from hiking with you? Or do you have any memories of that? Um, I, had, I had a number of people who had... Uh, serious illnesses who said that hiking was um, gave them courage to face the challenge of the illness there were a lot of um, to this day I still have people who had cancer who hiked with me and said that um they found some kind of spiritual lift out in, out on the trail, and that they they thought that that helped them fight what the battle. And then, of course, there were all kinds of emotional problems. One was divorced. One was fifty pounds overweight. One, all different stuff that you hear or read about every day. When they were out there, they felt freer to share that kind of stuff. And I must say that my background as a guidance counselor for emotionally disturbed children was very helpful with that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> on, that, on that point, uh, what was it like, you know, the actual jump? Did you end up, when you moved to Arizona, were you still working as a guidance counselor? Or were you then, what was that transition like? When I first came to Tucson, I got a job as the director of a residential facility for teenage alcoholics. And based on my background, I was hired to do that. And so I reported for the job, and I could do the job. And um, as a matter of fact, after working there one week, they had some time for a TV spot, and they asked me to be the speaker because I was now the director of this facility. I did that. And I stayed at the job for about another two weeks, and then I said to myself, this is not what I moved to Tucson for. I moved to Tucson to change my life, to find a new life. And so I quit that job, and that's when I began to hike, and that's when I, and that led me to Canyon Ranch. We don't often get to have guests who can look back four decades after a, a jump, a big mm. decision in life, and reflect on how that decision played out from your perspective. Mm -hmm. What have you learned? I'm a very, I feel very different from the Phyllis that lived in New York than the Phyllis that lives in Tucson. I think I mentioned before, I, I've met so many different people. I think I'm more tolerant and accepting of people various kinds of people. I have learned that one of the best assets one can have is to reject negativity as much as you can 
There are so many ways you can respond to whatever happens in your life. And there are many times when a negative reaction springs up. I work all the time to eliminate that and try to find a positive in it. Do you feel like you have, from your vantage point and your ability to examine and think about your life, the ability to give guidance, whether it's your grandkids or others? I love to give advice and guidance. And I have to work to not, because there are many people that don't want guidance and advice. Don't tell me what to do. I don't need any advice. Those are things I hear often. What is so, so yeah. I work hard at saying, they don't need to hear this. What are, do you have any favorite pieces of advice you give? I think a lot of people listening would like some advice. I'm sure I do, uh, but I, I would need we have that to, know to some, some something tangible, more. Yeah. Yeah, something all right, well, more. we could do it by subject here. We could do a couple, if that's all right. Okay. Because I know one I'm going to start with you gave me advice on last night. It was when we were talking about different, um, we were talking about love. Yes. Oh, I, can, I love giving advice about love. What's your advice on love? To love and to be in love is one of the greatest gifts a person can have, male or female. Some loves last for a year. Some loves last for many years. And you have, I think one has to be open-minded to accept that love can change. The same two people, love can change. I, I think also uh, acceptance is something you have to work a lifetime on accepting, on, on incorporating into yourself and the way you approach life. So many people come with a preset notion of what should be and how you should deal with a situation. I think if you are accepting, you open a broader range of possibilities for yourself, for oneself. Those who haven't had the privilege to get to meet you and spend time with you, I think, would would be in awe of how you find that positivity. I'm serious, Phyllis. And you just, you let it rip. You tell people what you think and how you feel. And I guess it'd be fun to know, is there something, is there something in your routine that you found? Yes, honestly. Yeah, what is it? I I don't like beating around the bush. I love to say what I feel. I love to say what I'm, especially with other people that I meet, I love to say what I feel. It makes me comfortable. And I have, over the years, developed an, a knack for saying it in a non-threatening way. That takes doing. Uh, Phyllis Hockman, thank you for sitting down at the Williamstown Inn in Williamstown, Massachusetts, on literally just six or eight hours' notice, so I appreciate that. Right. And of the six or eight hours' notice, most of them were, sl- were spent sleeping, both by Mike and by me. <laughs> All right. I hope you were able to glean some wisdom from Phyllis as I did when we did the interview hours after meeting just a couple months ago. A huge thank you again to the Hockman family. Super fun to uh, have Phyllis on board and in the podcast as our 45th episode. If you haven't already, go to whentojump.com, share us uh, your jump story. You can contact us through the website form. You can record your jump. 
You can record it and send it to jump at mcmillan.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at when to jump. And hopefully you can meet us in Boston. Jump Club Boston uh, is heading to town September 7th and 8th. We've got private dinners. We've got private workouts. We've got group breakouts. We've got lunch and learns, keynotes, all sorts of things. So I hope to see you there. You can use WTJPOD for 10% off your tickets. And, uh, and we hope to have uh, a great weekend with you. If you can make it, a lot of you, uh, from what we've heard from so far, are going to be able to come. So it's very, very cool. And we appreciate uh, all of you for supporting When to Jump in this community as we've continued to grow. So that'll do it for now. I will see you next week. My name is Mike Lewis. Take care. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.